Hello, everybody. Welcome to She Said What with Alyssa Harper. We are going to be talking about so many fun things on this podcast. I am so excited. We are going to be talking about health and wellness and relationships and sex and, you know, all the fun things. You are going to be hearing all of my crazy stories, all my crazy thoughts. Hopefully learn something useful to you. And it's just going to be an all around good time. I really wanted this podcast to be all about just the honest parts of life, the questions that we have that most people wouldn't talk about in public. <laughs> like, you know, those thoughts that you have where you're just like, mm, probably shouldn't say that, or mm, this is kind of awkward. Look, that's what we are talking about here. And what I thought would be kind of fun is at the start of every podcast, I might share with you guys a very honest thought that I've had this week. If we have guests in the future, which we will have guests in the future, I'll have them share a very honest thought or even a very honest conversation or like a very like, this is what happened, honest story. I think it's important that we talk about these things. So I will just share mine now and uh, then we're going to get into it. Now, my very honest thought was about when my husband and I will have these debates, let's call it, where we will get onto a topic and we will be, you know, maybe coming from a different point of view or potentially even coming kind of from the same point of view. But he tends to be someone in the conversation where he'll be like, well, what about this? Why, what about this? Why don't you bring this into this conversation? Why aren't we, you know, why aren't we talking about this side of the problem? And he likes to ask a lot of questions. And to me, it can come off very, um, like not judgmental, but a little bit like he's trying to fight (laughs) about the topic when I know this isn't necessarily true. He's just very much someone who he has a lot of questions and he likes to kind of like poke a little bit. Whereas I find that I can get very emotionally invested in um, these conversations to the point that I'm not able to be prepared to hear what the other person has to say sometimes. Um, And honestly, when I realized that this week, uh, it was a very, like a hard moment for me because I like to pride myself on being someone that can, you know, have these tough conversations and work through these tough things. But, you know, if I'm really passionate about one side, I find I can almost become close-minded to people that in my mind seem close-minded. I can become close-minded to people that I think are you know, so in the past or they need to move forward, they need to grow up, they need to move on with things. Like I have a hard time showing respect to people that I find are, I don't want to say conservative, but like kind of more in that direction. Anyways, so that was kind of my little honest thought for this week, something I'm going to work on, something I've said to Sam, my husband, like you can challenge me in this. If we have a conversation and I'm getting hyped up and I'm getting somewhat emotional and I'm saying, you know, someone like myself who's actually experienced blah, 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 blah. Like I actually want him to stop and go, honey, remember we talked about that thing? Like I want that challenge. So that's my honest thought. That's something I'm going to work on. And that's, that's that for this week. (laughs) Because look, If we don't address the thoughts that come up for us that are challenging for us, if we don't address the things that we potentially actually do that aren't helping the people around us, aren't helping us to have fulfilling 
productive conversations aren't helping us even feel content within ourselves because we are ignoring these thoughts, then we're not going to seek growth. And I think a big goal for me when it comes to this podcast is for you to leave feeling like you have learned something, that you have you feel empowered to go potentially change something in your life or work on something, that you feel empowered to go ask questions and be potentially the one in the room that causes a little bit of a, you know, a little shake in the room. And you say things that potentially people go like, oh, that's kind of awkward or that's kind of uncomfortable, but you call things out and then you to be called out. I want us to be able to do that and to be able to find growth and to be able to change our perspectives when potentially they actually need to change because that's growth. Like that is a good functioning person in society, not someone who is so focused on their beliefs that they aren't able to accept other people and look at what other people are actually thinking and have empathy for those people and have an understanding like, okay, you know what? That makes sense. You grew up this way. You had these influences. That's why you are the way you are. I want us to be able to change and to grow, and to be the people we want to be now. Not to be like, oh, I'm going to be that person in five years, but actually being that person now. So that's why we're going to be doing that at the start of all the podcasts. And I encourage you guys to reach out to me on social media. Um, My Instagram will be in the show notes, but it's Alyssa Taylor Harper. And I want you guys to tell me when you guys have these thoughts, I want you to share with me your honest thoughts. And I want to talk about them. Like, I think it's so important that we kind of outwork these things and we work through these things. So let's talk about it. And of course, let's get into the episode because today is going to be a bit of a big one. This is going to be about birth control. So I hope you guys enjoy it and you find it interesting and you get something out of it because this is quite the journey I'll be telling you about. Now, If you are listening to this, you are someone likely who has a period. I'm just guessing. Um, That doesn't even necessarily mean that you identify as a woman, but I would say you probably have a period because this is a topic that would interest you. I was on birth control for many years. And I would never judge anyone who is currently on birth control. Of course not. I totally understand um, the incredible role that birth control has played in history when it comes to women's rights and the feminism movement or feminist movement and the even stats now that we have comparing um, women who are actually able to complete school and get into certain roles that for many, many, many years, women really didn't have control over and weren't able to necessarily get into, or at least it was quite a smaller percentage in comparison to now, which I will touch on. But I just want you to know going into this that I will never judge you for being into birth control, wanting birth control, taking it. I took it for six years, but I really believe that our stories have value. And this is just my story with it, um, what it kind of did to me and why I have now come off of birth control. I think I have been hesitant to tell this story because I think that a lot of the time women do feel like we shouldn't tell certain stories because we are told that we make things more dramatic than they need to be, or we're too emotional about things and we need to just chill and we're being too much. And there's a lot of that. And I have felt that a lot in my life. And so part of me has just been like, you know what? No, just keep your mouth quiet, you know, just chill out, let people do what they want to do and just don't say anything and don't cause a fuss. And I think that's kind of the thought pattern I always go back to, but honestly, kind of just don't want to live that way anymore. And I'm very much prepared to just speak my 
truth, which sounds a little bit like, like I get that, (laughs) but I want to make sure that people feel like they have, you know, the whole spectrum of hearing people's different stories. They have all the different opinions and then look from there, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. If you want to be on birth control for your whole life, live your damn life. Like that works for you. And that's amazing. If you want to do some research on birth control and you're like, oh, I wonder like what this could be doing to me and I'm on birth control, but I'm not too sure. Maybe this will help you and maybe you will change your mind, but I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm just sharing my story and I want to clarify that once more. I'm not trying to convince you to go off birth control. I'm just telling all you all the reasons why I did. Um, And it's a lot of things that I didn't know about birth control when I was on it. So I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't know a lot of this. I want to take a second to properly acknowledge how feminism and birth control have played a role within each other and have worked together and why birth control was a huge, huge, huge win for women. As I said earlier, women's graduation rates overall went up. Law school applications used to be only around 10% for women. Now it's around 50%. So like half and half. This is true for Canada and Australia. And also a few weeks ago, might be a few months ago now, um, women practicing law in Australia has actually surpassed the amount of men. So it's not just the um, graduation rates or the applicants or any of that. The actual amount of women practicing law, the number of those women is higher than men now, which is really interesting. And not to be like, yes, women are taking over, (laughs) but like, come on, like that's crazy. And of course, especially if you're in birth control right now, you'll know this. It has provided a peace of mind for so many individuals over the years. And I would never want birth control to not be accessible to people. I really believe, honestly, that birth control, even in the birth control pill form, should be accessible to literally anybody who can make use of it all over the world. Like, I really, really, really think that because so many people are in situations where if they didn't have the birth control pill, they would feel very unsafe. They wouldn't feel secure. They would feel like fearful with their future and the situation they're in. And I think it is so valuable when it comes to providing people that like solid, solid peace of mind, like I'm protected. And that means so much for so many people. Another reason why generally when people are talking about the feminism movement, they don't want to talk about birth control negatively is because if we bring up sex hormones a lot and we talk about, oh yeah, how sex hormones actually affect women and how we think and how we make choices and how we act, that it takes away the reliability of women and it encourages that idea that women make decisions based off emotions or women can't hold certain roles, certain, you know, like presidencies and be things like doctors and lawyers and those kinds of jobs because they just make these whimsical, crazy choices based off of their hormones, which obviously isn't true. But I think when we talk about sex hormones and how it affects us, people can interpret it that way. And That can be very scary for people who have fought in the feminist movement for so long because they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We've spent a lot of time trying to deny that and like to try to be like, no, women don't think with our emotions. So I understand that fear. But look, the thing that we know now that 
we didn't really know before, at least it wasn't widely known, is that sex hormones are not just something that women have, obviously. Sex hormones are in men as well. And even something like testosterone in a man shifts throughout the day based off of a number of things. There was literally a study, and I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but there's literally a study that talked about how testosterone changed in a man day to day based off specific circumstances. One of them being if he had seen an attractive woman. Another being if he had seen um, even just visually a um, weapon or he had been watching sports, or if he had children, or if he was married, and if he had seen his children or his partner. Like, (laughs) this isn't to be like, oh, stereotyping men, and like, men are like, they love sports, and they love doing things with guns, and (laughs) not to say that, but it is interesting, okay? It is interesting to say, you know what? Men's hormones do change as well. They change daily. Whereas when we look at women's hormones, of course they do change um, for many reasons as well, but it's the same, it's the same shit guys. Like let's just do things fair and square here. All right. And let's say it plain and simply, we are all being shifted day to day by our sex hormones and That is human. There's nothing wrong with that. And if anything, we should be more knowledgeable about our sex hormones. We should be having these discussions more, not trying to avoid it for the sake of old ideology and old ways of thinking coming back to haunt us. All right. (laughs) Also, all of the um, references, all the things I'm pulling information from will be in the show notes as well. So if you're like, what kind of studies are you reading? You can go read it for yourself. All right. Another reason I am kind of like hesitant to talk about this, or maybe, I don't know if maybe this even makes me want to talk about it more, is the fact that women have been dismissed in medicine for a very long time, and it still exists today. And talking about this topic can be controversial because I, and I never want to sound like I'm just shitting all over the medical field. I don't want to sound like I'm disrespecting, um, you know, traditional doctors and anyone who is, especially in this last few years, everything with coronavirus and everything being so crazy. These people who have put in so much time and have put themselves at risk to help people with the disease and all of that. I don't want to put any shade on those people because like these are very knowledgeable people, but I do think it's important to talk about my experience with a lot of people in that field and um, even to address the history of what medicine has looked like when it comes to women trying to get good medical attention. Not to mention that it's even worse for obviously women of color, any woman that doesn't present traditionally or doesn't identify as a woman, but has the parts to want to go see a gynecologist or a GP or any kind of doctor in a sense to talk about that part of their body. Like it's even, it's even worse, you know, for anyone who might fall in those categories. Because even just looking back, like 1980, was the year that hysteria was removed from the diagnostic and statistical menu of mental disorders. Hysteria was kind of just something that would be diagnosed to women when they had literally like any disease. Like if you were anorexic or you had endometriosis or chronic fatigue or anxiety or any of these really common issues today, things that can be, you know, healed and addressed and actually diagnosed properly, obviously. It wasn't until 1980 
1980 that that hysteria title was actually taken out of the statistical menu of mental disorders. So this is not some crazy thing of the past. This isn't something that is long gone. This is something that lingers in our society today. It's something that lingers in the medical field today, and it's definitely worth addressing. Women are more likely to wait longer for pain medication. We're more likely to have our pain linked to mental health issues, and we are more likely to have health um, incorrect health diagnoses, including cancer and heart disease. Including cancer. Could you imagine being diagnosed with cancer and you don't have it? <laughs> Sorry? Or you have cancer and they just are like, nah, you're fine. Stop acting up. Go home. You're fine. And then you do have it and they didn't catch it early enough. Like, oh my God. These are the things that I read and I'm like, wow. Yep. It's things, things aren't looking good, are they? So I don't want to scare you, but you know, this is why we're talking about this. And I do want to obviously reinforce the understanding that I am not anti-Western medicine. I'm not anti-going to your doctor. I'm not encouraging you to not trust your doctor. I'm well aware that there are incredible health professionals in the field, men and women, and that these biases can come from health professionals regardless of if they identify as a man or a woman. And this is still, you know, a huge issue. And I'm going to tell my story, even if it feels like throwing some shade at the people that I've experienced in the field, but I don't mean for it to. And it's just my story. So when I was 14 years old, I went to the doctor because I had back knee. <laughs> Hate that word. Um, I had back knee. I think they gave me a cream the first time I went in and it didn't work. And I went back and I was like, um, what did you give me? Literally, what is this? It just made my back like peel. Like I had my skin peeling off, but it literally didn't help the issue. It just literally made it worse. And so I went back and I was like, what do I do now? And they're like, just, we're just going to put you on birth control. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I was like, whatever, whatever you say, doc, I, I just don't want back knee. And look, there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. I think a lot of the time doctors give the birth control pill as a little magic pill and they're like, it's going to make all your problems go away. And it tends to cover up a lot of issues that aren't actually being addressed. Like there was likely a root issue to why I was having back knee, right? But the birth control pill kind of just gets rid of it for you. But the problem is when you go off birth control and that thing isn't actually fixed and healed from within then you got to deal with it again. So it's like, good luck. You're not going to be on birth control forever. Or the moment you choose to go off, if the only time you go off is when you might choose to get pregnant. Um, now that you're trying to get pregnant and only through your pregnancy, are you going to have all of these horrible symptoms that you've never addressed? Not the best setup is my only um, critique there. <laughs> My other thing with my general practitioner at the time was that he was this older man. He was quite, how do I say, insensitive. He very much interrupted myself and my mother and my sister growing up. When we'd go to the doctor's office, she'd be like, okay, girls, if you are like, if we were sick, you know, going in, she'd be like, know exactly what you're going to say. Like, know your symptoms. You're going to tell him, okay, my throat hurts, my stomach hurts, my like, she would coach us to make sure that we got to get all of the words we needed to get in um, because he was just, you know, oh, I don't want to say stereotypical, but stereotypical, like old man, didn't really care, acted like it wasn't a big deal if we were experiencing symptoms and wasn't amazing. Example, when I struggled with anorexia and I went to go get a referral to a counselor. That's all I wanted, a referral. I wasn't asking for his opinions. He was like, so why aren't you eating? And I was like, do you understand how anorexia works? 
like like I genuinely are have you been have you studied this like I'm I'm confused uh you know he literally looked at me and was like why are you eating? I just, you should just, you should, you know what you should do? You know what? I have a, a solid idea for you. You should start eating. And I was like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Basically all in all, anyways, I'm going to stop shitting all over this old man. <laughs> Didn't think I'd ever say that, but it wasn't the best situation to be in. So moving forward, being on birth control for as long as I was on it, or I mean, even for those first few years, I didn't have any crazy side effects. Like a lot of women will go on it and they'll have a bunch of migraines or they will gain a bunch of weight. Like I didn't have that, which was really great. Or I think I didn't think I had side effects. I just thought it was normal to be like basically depressed my whole life. And I had, yes, like I'm saying, I guess a lot of mental health issues. I really did. I had a lot of um, like brain fog generally. And also my my immune system was very weak. So my immunity was very weak. I was like always getting sick and I didn't, I didn't know that that could have been because of the pill. I'm not even saying 100% it was, but from what, um, information I have gathered thus far. And since all of this experience that I've had now with it, um, you know, it very well could have been affecting my immune system and it could have been affecting my gut health and it could have been affecting all these things that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But I didn't know that. I was just like, oh, I get sick all the time and my mental health is horrible because I'm just sad and like I'm just a crazy teenager and like women are crazy and like this is what I've been told. So I'm just going to have to live with it. And birth control is amazing and it got rid of my back knee and I'm not getting pregnant. And that's all I thought. <laughs> Turns out birth control has a very, very strong link to mental health issues and my whole issue is that I was never told a bunch of this when I was sat there in the doctor's office and I was told, you know, you should go on birth control. It's going to save your life. I um, I wasn't told it had all of these horrible things in it. And I understand that when you get birth control, there's like a big pamphlet that comes with it or like a little insert in the box. And it tells you all this, all these things that it can do to you in tiny little writing. But look, I would think as a 14 year old, you don't really expect them to go home and do some intense research. Like they're just going to trust their doctor as they should be able to, you know? There is a huge link between, especially the, the younger girls being at risk for suicidal ideation. And it's so overlooked with young girls going on the pill. Like it's really not flagged enough. And at that age, you know, if you have acne or you have periods that are absolute shit, you are just going to go, yeah, hell yeah. Give me the pill, like whatever. And you also are young. So like, you're like, oh my God, yes. And like, when I start having sex, like I don't have to have a conversation with my parents because like, I can just go on it now. And like, I'm, I'm going to be covered, you know, and I don't even have to think about it. And I can just say, yeah, I'm on it for my acne, even though I'm having sex. Like, it's kind of like, it was kind of like the perfect setup for me, you know? So I was like, hell yes, put me on it. But look, I wasn't protected in the sense of being told what could potentially happen to me. I can definitely say that. I was on the same pill for about six years. It was called LS. Can I get in trouble for saying it? I don't know. Nah. So it was called LS, if any of you in Canada take that one or know about it. There you go. And it wasn't until about a year ago, maybe like just over a year ago that I started becoming curious about my body, like actually intensely, like I really started caring about my health and my wellness and started taking vitamins, all that kind of stuff, you know, and I was just really curious about my hormones and how was my hormone health and how was it doing? And how do I know if it's doing well, if I'm on birth control? And I was feeling like 
my whole life, my mental health hadn't been very good. And I was feeling like really fatigued at the time. And I was just kind of like, what's going on? Like, why am I now finally in this place where I am doing everything to my ability to make sure that I am healthy and feeling good, but I still don't feel good. Like, what is the issue? There has to be something. Maybe I'm deficient in something, you know, whatever. So here's the tea. I went to a doctor. I went to a doctor here in Australia. I went in so I could be like, hey, so I'm feeling really tired and I've always been kind of sad and I want to know if there's anything I can do about it. And I asked her if we could test my hormones and she was like, well, you're on birth control, so we can't test your hormones. And I was like, "Mm, that's really interesting. Didn't really know that. I didn't realize that it interfered that much. And like, I didn't really, I realized I didn't actually understand how birth control even worked also. Wasn't told about that. So I looked at her and I was like, so should I go off birth control? Because I've been on it for like six years. And um, I like, what if it's having an effect? And she looks at me and she goes, no, no, it, no, it's not going to affect you. It's, you know, people stay on it for 10, 20 years at a time and they're perfectly fine. And I was like, hmm, here's the thing. I've seen like a lot of people, like not just like, oh, people on Facebook or like people on my Instagram feed, like actual <laughs> doctors that have like full on studies where they talk about how it really can affect you. Like it's in the pamphlet, you know, where it says how much it can affect you. This isn't like something that's necessarily up for debate. So I was just kind of like, oh, wow, like she's really for birth control pill. And if I say to her right now, I think it could potentially affect me. She's not going to take that well. You know, if I say that I don't potentially agree with whatever science she is referencing, you know, whatever studies she believes she's referencing, I you know, this would not go over very well. And I felt really uncomfortable. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So if I stay on my birth control, what else can I do instead? Knowing in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to go off birth control. I was like, what can I do instead? And she was like, okay, well, because we can't test your your hormones and you're not going to go off birth control because we know it's saving your life. Let's test like your iron levels. And I was like, "Mm, here's the thing. I have been taking vitamins for a little bit while, like a little while now. It's been a whole thing for me. I know I don't eat a lot of meat, so I know I'm probably iron deficient or I would be if I wasn't taking a vitamin. So in the last few months before this whole thing where I go to my doctor, I was like taking a lot of iron and I was really serious about it. And I was making sure I was also not just taking it through a pill, but I was getting it in my diet because in case there was any chance that it just wasn't being absorbed in my body and all that kind of stuff, you know? I was really serious about getting my iron. So I was like, I have a feeling like it's not my iron. Like I've never really been iron deficient. Like my sister was always iron deficient growing up when she actually got tested for it. Like she, I think she was anemic technically. I have never had that. And I really just, you know, I don't feel like that's what's happening. Anyways, I wish in that appointment that I would have had the opportunity to be more honest and to say, look, I think I actually might go off birth control. What are the options from there? How can I come off in a healthy way? Um, And I knew I wasn't going to be supported in that. So I left and I didn't get my blood tested. And I was just like, F this, like, whatever. I'm just going to try to figure it out on my own, which do I recommend that? Mm, Maybe if you feel equipped to do that, if you're willing to do some research. Yeah, I think you can take your health into your own hands, 100%. But um, do I think that you should just randomly rush into things without doing your research? No. And I want to make that clear as well. (laughs) Please do your research. I can imagine how hard it would be to be a GP, or I mean, I guess I should say I couldn't imagine because you have people coming in all the time about completely different issues. And how are you meant to know very like updated 
I guess, studies and all the things that are going on in all these very specific fields. Um, how are you meant to know about that? Saying that, at that point, potentially she could have referred me out to like an endocrinologist or a gynecologist or someone maybe that could talk about more options with me, but she didn't do that. That's fine. I'm not going to judge her practice and how she does it. But um, yeah, it would have been nice to have some options. And I understand that medicine is a practice, you know, and a practice means it's literally being practiced. It doesn't mean it's this perfect thing. So I understand. Also, a little side note, because this is crazy. I don't know if you guys know all the kind of like stats around the whole general practitioner thing and what it looks like to go to one and why a lot of the time people leave, especially women, leave feeling like they have been kind of dismissed. Um, The average length of a standard appointment is something like 12 minutes, I think. Um, there, you know, are a lot of great providers, but generally like it's a thing when people talk about how they've been very much worn down because imagine if you're seeing so many people a day, they all are coming in with issues (laughs) that you're meant to solve. You're having to like dig around in your little brain to think about all the possible things that you've learned about this subject and you're trying to help them to the best of your ability. People, a lot of the time come in wanting a solution. Like a lot of the time people come in wanting Give me a pill for it, you know? The worst thing is when you go to the doctor and you have a cold. Or I mean, I mean, now I wouldn't think this way, but I remember when I was little, going in, thinking I had strep throat, thinking I had some cold, and then they're like, oh, no, you're fine. Go home. If it gets worse, come back, and then we'll prescribe you something. That used to really annoy me. Now I'm like, actually, I'd prefer that because they're saying, you know what? I don't think you're that bad, and you should try to let your body naturally heal yourself. That's how I think now, but... A lot of people don't think that way. A lot of people want a very specific, like, hands-on, here's a solution, go run with it. A lot of people don't want to be told, you know, go fix your diet, go do (laughs) the actual hard work, go fix the actual root problem. A lot of people don't want to hear it. So doctors, a lot of the time, are just going to give what people want. Like, and you'll hear doctors talk about this. I remember seeing this whole, like, I don't know if it was a documentary or if it was just like a thing on YouTube, but it was like doctors talking about this issue and saying how it can be hard to help people in a sense, when people almost know what they want before they come in. Anyways, that's a whole topic we could get into. But um, I just think as much as we can, we want to be seeing practitioners that aren't giving us band-aid solutions, that aren't giving us quick fixes. And we want doctors that are willing to take the time or potentially you're going to a doctor that has a setup where they do have the time, like a naturopath, where they sit down with you for literally like an hour or two and you give them the whole story. And they do include things in the treatment like diet and exercise and water intake and sleep and all of the like big important pillars that we need to be looking after for the sake of our health. And then potentially they're adding on some supplements and things on top of that. Um, But if we can, let's get around those people so we can get the health advice that is going to be holistic and long-term. So saying all this, I decided to then go off of the birth control pill. For me, I remember like posting this on my story and being like, guys, I think I'm going to go off birth control. Like, can you help me? Like, have any of you gone off? Like, because I do this all the time on my Instagram. Of course, you guys have said to me that you learn things from me and I'm super happy that you feel that way. <laughs> but I learn things from you guys all the freaking time. Like, I ask all the time for recommendations for things on my story and I really appreciate that you guys are into that and a lot of you are... um 
you know, helping really, if anything, provide value for these conversations that I can then go bring out into the world because truthfully, like it's, it's not me, you know, it's not all me. It's really, it's a lot bigger than me. (laughs) So yes, I chose to go off and I want to just say to you guys, look, we need to have the courage to be proactive in this system that kind of tells us not to be, doesn't really give us the option a lot of the time. And your healthcare provider needs to be okay with you asking specific questions and almost questioning potentially the advice that they give you. And I think that if your healthcare provider is offended that you have questions or you don't agree with the course of action that they've recommended, like there is an issue there. And like, I'm not saying it has to be ego, could be, but if it's just like they need to move on to the next person or they think that potentially you're making it bigger than it is, it's actually not that bad. Or they're thinking, oh, I know she also has anxiety. So maybe she's just overthinking, you know, these issues, those kind of things and contributing potentially the actual physical pain you're feeling back to a mental health disorder, which obviously we talked about, we talked about earlier, like the women tend to have that done to them more often. We have to, especially as women, find that courage to ask the questions and get the answers and make the choices for ourselves and not feel pressure to do things because we're used to being told what to do. I wanted to go off because I was just honestly, part of me was really curious to see how I would be different. Um, I'm saying this from a perspective, I went on because I had back knee. I didn't go on because I had like horrible period cramps. I didn't go on because I had really intense, heavy bleeding. So I wasn't as like scared of coming off, which I understand a lot of people can be scared of coming off. And, um, that would be potentially that you just need to be doing this under um, the supervision of a naturopath or under someone who is really knowledgeable um, on sex hormones and all of your hormones and making sure that you are being protected and you're being supported through this whole process. I personally felt less of like that pressure, but I do want to flag that pretty early on, um, that that's necessary for sure. I was really curious to see if I would be different. You know, I was curious to see if my fatigue would kind of go away. My brain fog would go away. I was curious to see if I would be like more confident and have more energy. And I don't know. I was just curious because I'd been on it for so long. Like I'd been on it, you know, for six years, right? I basically grew up on birth control. Like what? (laughs) It's crazy, you know? So I was, I was curious to see what would happen. Um, and the other big thing obviously is I learned how it worked and I learned about the risks. Like I didn't know a lot of that. I wasn't told a lot about that going on birth control. And I obviously wasn't taught that in school either. Here's what I didn't know. I didn't know that birth control works at a brain level. It stops your brain from talking to your ovaries. So I thought, you know, you take it and it kind of just like goes to your ovaries. Like, you know how you picture you take medication. I don't know if anyone else was like this, but like even with pain medication, like I picture like, oh, you take it and it just like zooms over to the part and it just fixes that part. Whereas like your body is a huge system. Everything works together. Like once you put something in your bloodstream, like it's in your blood, it's like, it's in your whole body. This is, you're like, medication doesn't work that way. (laughs) A lot of the time it does work on your whole body. You just wouldn't notice say pain relief in your hand. If your hand was fine, but your foot was hurting, you would feel it in your foot. Does that make sense? So birth control is shutting off an entire system of your body. It strong arms your body into submission. It doesn't work with your body. It can cause nutrient depletion. It can cause inflammation and it affects your thyroid, your thyroid and your adrenals. Um, there is a podcast as well that I'm going to link in the 
show notes here that explains the conversion of T4 to T3, which is your thyroid hormone basically, and how the pill interferes with this really vital um, connection that needs to happen in your body, conversion that needs to happen in your body. Can't really get into that completely because it will just be too confusing and way too long, but I will link that if you guys are interested in like the fine details of how that happens. And obviously birth control can be used as a band-aid to kind of cover up deeper issues that unfortunately a lot of women will face again when they choose to become pregnant, if they choose to become pregnant, um, or if they just choose to go off birth control for any other reason. The last thing I wanted to talk about when it comes to why I would have come off is fertility coming off of birth control. Um, I'm not trying to get pregnant, <laughs> just just so you guys know. Not trying to get pregnant. I am married, but I will not be having children for some time. I... <laughs> hope. You never know. But (laughs) one of the biggest fears that women have going off of birth control is does it affect fertility? Look, because birth control can potentially be masking issues such as hypothyroidism, like endometriosis, PCOS, when you come off and you want to have a baby, it's very likely that these issues will come up again. So because like the pill doesn't heal these issues. So not only getting pregnant, but having healthy pregnancy is affected if you have these underlying issues, which a lot of people have the birth control basically masking for the time being. A lot of the time women will look at that situation and think, well, it must've been the pill that gave me this infertility. But as of yet, we don't have solid evidence to prove that it's the pill that causes the infertility. A lot of the time it's the underlying issue and then the pill masks it until it's something that's showing up when you're trying to get pregnant. The other thing is there can definitely be delays coming off of any form of birth control. Your body needs time to readjust and like begin talking again. Like your brain and your ovaries need to begin this whole relationship again. It's literally been shut off for however many years you've been on birth control. And so it's really important that you give your body that solid amount of time before you even try to get pregnant again to ensure that you have that healthy, safe pregnancy. Because I think when it comes to growing a baby inside your body, you obviously want it to have the best home that it could have as it's growing. And if it's growing up, I'm framing this so weird. I don't know why I'm saying it like this, but it makes sense to me. Um, If the baby is growing in a nutrient depleted home, which means, you know, less protection, um, it's not going to be as supported. Your eggs aren't going to be as supported. And potentially, I'm not saying every scenario, you know, people go off birth control and get pregnant right away and they have healthy babies and that's amazing. Um, But a lot of the time there can be issues. So let's talk about what happened after I came off birth control, how I'm feeling now, like what's gotten better, what's potentially gotten worse. Let's, you know, because I'm sure this is, you know, if you're actually thinking of going off birth control, this is kind of your issue here. You're like, what the heck's going to happen to me though? Now that I am off birth control, I can genuinely say that my energy is a lot better. And I've heard a lot of women describe this whole process where you somewhat feel like there was like this veil in front of you. And now it's like being lifted and you're like, oh my God, like I can see clearly. And honestly, that's how it feels. Like I used to just feel so tired all the time. Like I'd be sitting in like a class and I'd be like dozing off, like, like I barely keep my eyes open, like so fatigued all the time. Like it actually blows my mind when I actually can think back and remember how that felt felt like I felt like I couldn't get anything done. I felt like I couldn't do anything that was challenging, um, anything like reading or anything that I would have to sit down for a long time. I was so exhausted. I was always, you know, people would go, oh, how are you? And I'd go, yeah, I'm good. I'm just kind of tired 
all the time, like literally all the time. Looking back, I'm like, I'm so glad I don't feel like that anymore. Also, my mental health is a lot more consistent. Like I can't think of the last time that I properly had like an anxiety attack or like a proper kind of depressed season. Um, Whereas like that was really normal for me before. Um, I'll also say that my emotions are a lot more controlled and I don't get as angry or as sad. Um, I used to kind of have like these like outbursts, like if I was fighting with someone or if, I don't know, I had something going on in my life, it'd be like, and it would just like come out like crazy. Whereas now, like, I just feel like my lows aren't as low. Um, and I'm able to kind of like have a more of a grasp on myself, which was so amazing. Like I was like, hell yes, I feel so much better. Thank God I've gone off birth control. Like it was so good. Um, And then it was about six months later for me that I started to get some of the negative effects of, I guess, coming off of birth control, you could say. It's not coming off that would have caused it. It's just the fact that those things were there before and birth control were masking the issues. A lot of the time women, it's between yeah, four to six months that you'll start to feel either the things that you had before birth control, potentially the thing that put you on birth control, or you'll feel things like a heavier period or the acne or whatever. So I'll just tell you quickly what mine were. Um, this isn't for everybody. You know, this doesn't happen to everyone. It happened to me. I started getting a little bit of acne um, on my face, which I've never had before. So I literally was like, oh my God, what the heck? Like I just, it drove me crazy and it was barely anything. Um, It wasn't even that much, but it did actually really affect my self-esteem for a little bit there. Um, And over the last, I would say six months since I started getting it, I have just had to be more invested in thinking about what I eat and how it affects my skin potentially. And I've had to be more into like my skincare routine, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like it actually kind of got me into skincare, which is fun. And I do have much more of a hold on it now, but it's something that I have to be aware of. Whereas before, like I could literally do anything to my skin and like it just, I had no issues. Also, my period is a little bit heavier now. I find like day one and two, like I bleed more than I used to. I used to literally put in a menstrual cup and like have it in all day long and just like, chill I'd be like oh should I change it before bed like and if I didn't it would be fine the only reason I would feel like I needed to change it was because of like toxic shock or anything like that or it just obviously being there too long and it being kind of gross that was like literally my only issue it wasn't that I'd bleed over whereas now like maybe I have to change it once or sometimes like twice tops in a day um but usually I would say just once um but yeah a little bit heavier and I've also noticed that I started getting some slight cramping on day one and two of my period. What's interesting about this is at first I was like, oh my God, like, I don't think I've had cramps before. Like I, I did when I was quite a bit younger before I went on birth control. So I remember I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like a preteen again because I hadn't had it since then. Um, but I started to get those slight cramping, um, the slight cramps in the first day or two of my period. Now I know how to deal with it. Like now I have a heat pack and I know I need to be hydrated and I know I can be eating certain foods and be doing certain things around my period to help with cramps. And so I do those things and I generally don't really experience cramps that much, like maybe one, just the one day. And usually it's pretty light and I'm still able to like go on a walk and usually that helps and get my blood moving and still do like a light workout even. So I've definitely learned to deal with it, but I just never needed to learn to do that before. That's why I didn't have those kind of like skills there. And again, like I've actually really enjoyed learning all these things and getting into skincare and learning how to eat to support my period and all these things. I've thought it, I think it's really interesting. Like it's actually really helped me to become closer to myself and to like learn how my body works. Like I think these are things that we are, we should know, like we should be investing into. And so I kind of like that. It actually forced me to do that. 
And this is why we have to have this mindset shift, right? Because if you're saying to yourself right now, okay, I'm on birth control. I see why I could potentially come off. I see that there is reason for me to, but I don't want to. Like it's, it's going to be hard. What if I get acne? What if I get this? What if I get that? There has to be a mindset shift because obviously the easier option here for you, if you are in that scenario is I'm going to stay on birth control. That is the easier option, but potentially the harder option, but the option you might choose to take is coming off of birth control and then choosing to address the issues if they come up in four to six months. That might be worth it to you. It might be worth it for you to find that like true sense of what your body does without putting hormones into it. For you, it might not be worth it. You might be thinking right now, I'm not in a good place mentally, or I'm not in a good place in my life or in my situation to even potentially go off birth control because I'm way too scared to get pregnant, or I just can't think of anything else that would work for me. This is what I want to do. That is your choice. And I want you, I want you to do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel the most comfortable and knowing all the information and you're still happy to be on birth control, whatever form of birth control you choose. Like, I just want you to do what you feel is best for you. But I want you to have all the information before you make that choice. So if you want to come off, here is what you have to do. <laughs> you need to, first of all, make sure that you're not just listening to this podcast and then like going off today. If you are on a pack right now, you need to finish your pack. Don't just stop randomly because you might trigger your period, which you don't want to do because you're going to throw off your whole cycle. So don't do that. <laughs> Stay on it until you finish the pack and go find other resources. I will, again, have some things in the show notes. There are great books and there are great podcasts and there are great things that you can do to support yourself in finding more knowledge on this topic. But don't just use me as a reference because your body is going to be different to mine. You might need more support. You might need to take a specific supplement. You might need to potentially wean yourself off. I've heard of people doing that, literally taking the pill every other day, then taking it every third day, like for a week, say, and then taking every fourth day, like genuinely I've heard people doing that. Like you need to potentially go to a naturopath or go to uh, your doctor if you trust your doctor and come up with a plan that's going to work for you. All right. Because the last thing I want is for you to come off birth control, get acne. That is something that you cannot handle and it's way too much. And you're experiencing all these symptoms that potentially could have been avoided if you came off slower or if you came off using supplements like vitamins and making sure you're getting all these things alongside it. Um, even like certain nutraceuticals that I've heard of people using coming off of birth control. Like I'm not going to go and list all these things right now. The whole point is you need to find what's going to work for you. But the last thing I want is for you to have that experience all these horrible symptoms that you don't need to experience if you go and put a little extra work in right now or in these next few weeks or whatever, before you actually do choose to come off if you choose that. Because it would very likely make you just want to go back on birth control, which I would totally understand. So if you can do this the right way, instead of doing it the fast way, potentially it can actually last long-term. And instead of just, you know, coming off, having this crazy hassle and then going back on, you can save yourself all the dramas and you can do this the right way. And the right way is just what works for you. All right. We're, the right way is not how I've done it. The right way is not how someone else does it and they've had success. It's how it's going to work for your body. Please be patient. Your completely bio individual to me, to anyone else. You are your own person and you have different needs. And when you come off birth control, your brain and your ovaries need to start talking again. Like they haven't been talking for a long time. So they got to start chatting again. And at first it might be a little bit clunky. It might be a little bit awkward. They need to get talking again. 
When you were on the pill, it could have affected your microbiome, your thyroid, your adrenals, your liver, your body's ability to detoxify. So there's actually a big shift that your body is about to go on if you're coming off of birth control. It's not just this tiny little thing. Like you've been putting something in your body for a long time, potentially. And that's a big deal. You should prepare yourself to have the symptoms come back up four to six months around that time after you come off if you had symptoms before you went on birth control. If you went on birth control for symptom management, um, this is very likely. And there are many things that you can do to prepare yourself for this and help yourself through this, like diet changes and the things that I mentioned earlier. Now, I don't want to keep you guys here all day. So if you guys have any more questions on things that you can do when coming off of birth control, talking about things like diet, stabilizing your blood sugar, um, you're talking about your adrenal glands and fiber and how you need fiber and B6 and all these things that can support you, um, multivitamins and prenatals and supporting your microbiome and supporting your liver and monitoring your symptoms and all these things. If you want more help with this, I would really recommend a book called Beyond the Pill by Dr. Jolene Brighton. If you need me to talk you through any of that and you don't want to go commit to a book right now and you want to just chat about it, find me on Instagram and we can talk about it. I can give you some more information there and some more um, resources there as well because there is so much you can do to support yourself through this process. You don't need to go through this um, and hurt your body and really stress your body over coming off of birth control. You can do it in a really healthy way. And it isn't going to take you, you know, forever and ever to read these resources and get through these resources because that's why they're there for you so that you're not reading these studies that make no sense, but you are reading, um, people putting information together so that it is easy to digest. Um, there are so many things you can do again, like I said, when it comes to diet lifestyle, even things like your sleep and getting your circadian rhythms back together and managing your stress, which is, you know, your cortisol levels, which is a hormone and hydration and exercise. And, you know, we could go on, we could go on and on and on. I could talk about this for ages, but it's going to be an hour guys. You're doing amazing. If you're still here, thanks for being here. Um, hell yeah, this is a great time for us. And I'm so proud of you for taking time to think about your body and to consider your health and to really care about your future and like how amazing, like good for you. You are doing so amazing. Like, wow. Like amazing, literally blowing my mind. (laughs) So let's continue with that. Let's continue to care about our bodies and to think about our bodies and to think about our future. And if, you know, we want to have children, like thinking about the future of our children and the body that they're going to be created in, like, that's crazy to me when I even think about that. Like, I I don't even know how. (laughs) I I literally, I, I could go crazy. And you don't want to drive yourself crazy trying to be perfect, you know, but there are things that we can do to like really make ourselves feel better and ultimately help our bodies in the future. So let's do it. Let's care about it. One more question I want to answer quickly, which was a question that people were asking me a lot when I was talking about this over on Instagram is what we do for protection now. So right now we use condoms basically every single time we have sex just to be very, you know, careful. But we're also starting to incorporate fertility awareness method into that whole process, which is an FDA approved method. Um, Again, it's something that we're working on. I don't even have a, uh, the kit for it yet where it has the thermometer and all that kind of stuff. I'm not fully um, equipped yet knowledge-wise to understand all of the cervical mucus stuff and how that all works, but this is something that I'm going to be looking into and we're going to incorporate so we're not having to use condoms all of the time. Um, You know, so that's going to be great. And that's what we do right now. And yeah, I'm not at a place right now where I want to get pregnant, but if I did get pregnant, 
I, we would be fine because I'm married and I feel like I'm in a place in my life where we would make it work. And I fully understand that some people aren't in that place. So this is why we're giving you all of the knowledge, all of the opinions, and you can make your own choice from here. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I love talking about anything to do with sex and sexuality and your body and making sure that you guys feel equipped and empowered to make good choices for your body. And by good, I just mean what's good for you and what's good for your future and your lifestyle. And I really appreciate you guys. If you want to connect over on Instagram, it's Alyssa, A-L-Y-S-S-A, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, Harper, H-A-R-P-E-R. And that's me over on Instagram. We can also connect on YouTube. YouTube, um, you know, same name, same game over there. And that's basically it. Thank you so much for being here. And, uh, you'll see me in the next, the next episode. Bye guys. (laughs)